knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Just be sitting up there jacked. <laughs> I'm there for the pack out. You just got to pack me in committed to the bow early on like i love getting close and putting up you cover a range of stuff on here too right like we call this the uh, the thp world headquarters you know my grandpa roy weatherby i came into like that golden little pocket where there was like four or five different bowls just you're canadian we're doing yeah, a canadian I... podcast my name's Douglas Stoke. i'm robbie denning i'm out of it we haven't been recording very often, man. It feels like forever oh. since I talked to you. Well, I came. I did for... a podcast with Kyle, which is airing. I guess this will air next week from the time we're recording. So that episode is dropping this week. So that's the one from a month or two ago. Or did no, you just do one with Kyle? We did one when you're out uh, running after moose. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Hey, you, so, guys always, um, you guys always pick the times when I'm gone. It's like it's planned, hey? Yeah, it is. Well, he said, he, he said I'll, I'll do it, but we got to wait till Pete's. Uh, Pete's going, I don't like, yeah, I don't want to talk to that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's been a busy stretch, that's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. We're going to get into, uh, we'll get into your moose, moose hunt so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of things I want to talk about first before we get blabbering and I forget. Um, those APE gators. Oh, dude. Did you put them through the ringer? Because yeah, I, I put them through the ringer. Yeah, I haven't even used. So, so um, Alec made me two sets. He made me a set for the early season when I'm wearing my runners. Super quiet, like deadly. Really light not waterproof like the later season ones. So, I mean, we got into chase, we got into chasing deer. I got into chasing deer with Wyatt. I mean, I had a slow start, bit of a, my injury was bugging me, but started chasing deer with Wyatt. We got two, two deer down for him. My elk. I mean, I put him through the ringer hard. Those things are money, but like just the way he make, he makes them in the quality and like, Remember, we've talked about gators in the past, and I mean, yeah. I've run lots of different types of gators, and like, there's always seems to be something 
um you know like the shackle or the or the velcro or the clip at the bottom or the saddle that goes underneath everything was money um so the set that he made me was a one-off he's never made these before this was a prototype deal um there is a couple things we're going to get them on the show there is a couple things i'd change for runners for wearing them for runners because the runner is a little bit low um but we're going to get into that with him and i've kind of talked to him about that and he was he was happy to get the feedback because you know like he said he's never made them for a runner before um but i'm excited to try the other ones i have because now that it's getting to laser later season i'm gonna have to go back to boots um, okay, so you, you haven't think? tried those. You haven't I tried, haven't the, tried the ones that you're running yet. So I'd like to hear. Let's hear what you think of. Holy shit. That's what I got to say. Um, without getting too much into the moose hunt itself, we went through some shit, shit weather. Uh, and we pounded ground through the mooseiest stuff you can find. Knee high, freaking thick bush. Um, the nastiest stuff you can get as thick as possible where... Actually, I got us into some trouble in a couple areas where I couldn't draw my bow if I wanted. That's how thick a stuff we were in. Bone dry underneath. Those gators look brand new um, and quiet as hell. Like, as quiet as you can possibly get them, as far as I'm concerned. Um, everything makes a little bit of noise. But we were going through some really, really loud vegetation where if you're just in your hunting pad or dried up a bit, like if it wasn't watery, I mean, loud as hell. And man, I, I punished the shit out of those things and they're unreal. Uh, I don't vouch that much for a lot of stuff, but I will vouch. Um, They are worth whatever, like every penny pennies worth on on those gators they're amazing yeah and i think comparable like to the price of other things i think they're like they're spot on i mean for the quality you get and for like them being custom made to your to each individual yeah you're not going to get something better than that no i mean like i've run like so like those peaks ones i've run those and man like those are good they're durable but they're really loud and they're fucking impossible to get off gotcha and my hunting partner was running. I've also got another set of uh, gators from Scree and my hunting partner has this as well. So it was actually interesting to, um, as we're, we're working together within, you know, 10 feet or whatever, walking through the exact same, um, exact same stuff. And his did the job. His legs are dry, all that kind of stuff. Um, mine just fit so much better to the boot the little things like the clip being reversed so it goes underneath the lace and all that kind of stuff i'd broken mine off the the scree ones because they go over top um that's nothing against scree because i know there's lots that go over top so i probably do the same thing to those um but they were 10 times quieter and side by side like it was the perfect it was the perfect comparison just because we were both walking through the exact same area the exact same stuff yeah exact same trails and it was just like dude these are so quiet in comparison and just yeah like like we were talking like the straps everything the quality is just better yeah that's it's it's just it's black and white it's there's no sugar coating it yeah it's just top notch parts yeah so i'm excited to try mine out we won't get it too too far because we're going to get them on the show here but uh, unfortunately i don't think he has a web page yet but you can check them out uh, on instagram and facebook um I'll throw some show notes up for him. I think I, I do it all the time anyway now that just because 
you know, um, you know, on the show, you and I, we both like to, I mean, we're, we're not sponsored by anybody. I mean, we, su- yeah. we we're supported by, by, uh, you know, some, some good companies out there, but we only do, we only support the things back that, that we believe in. So, yeah. um, a shout out to him. Um, well, anyway, uh, I've been notch. using that Onyx maps a lot more loving it. I'm, I'm, I'm liking, uh, yeah, I, I'm liking the map features a little better now that I'm getting into the nitty gritty. Yeah, it takes myself. a w- bit to get used to. There's a few things I don't like. What what kind of things? I've got one so thing like, in particular you, I don't yeah, like. Yeah, well, like on Google Earth, I find I keep switching back to Google Earth just because you can't toggle the map like you can on Google Earth. That's the like only thing. Like you can't thing. spin it. You mean like? Yeah, or... you can't spin it. Okay, that's my one. That's my one beef with it. Yeah, because I too. Can, yeah, because I can go onto iHunter, you know, and look at it spot on you know the same maps or whatever but you can start turning it around with yeah. your fingers so that you want to look at it well with the onyx when i actually have to flip my phone upside down it's not the end of the world but you know it's it's those little things that's yeah all. i i find like i find though like when it comes to like actual mapping nobody beats google earth so like i yeah. always find myself like i'll drop a pin in onyx and stuff but when i just want to like look around and you know to be on like when, when i'm hunting these areas i i know them so well anyway but i like there's there is times when i like to quickly look at them i t- i tend to i always tend to at the same time go back to google earth as well and just like flip their map up then i can spin it i can move it up and down i can zoom in and like when you zoom in quality is just like it's deadly and there's they seem to be like really updated on their pictures that's was my next thing yeah, in comparison, because I've checked out some areas at home beforehand, obviously. I mean, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go check out these areas. But when we were actually out in the hunt there, um, and this goes for both Onyx and iHunter, so no no beef with either one. Yeah. They're both the exact same, as far as I'm concerned, in this aspect. And that was, we were looking at the maps, and you know we'd already done this, this area last year with Evie's hunt. So this was like, what little sections now can we push into to see what we can find what did we miss last year be like man this looks good you know you got a, a creek bed whatever this looks thick bush or regen or whatever that we can see with our own eyes but it's showing that it spaces out a little farther in so it's perfect we're expecting you know a little more boggy moosey area fuck dude we get back there it's like 20 foot regen that you can't walk through like you just you destroy your bow trying to get through it and stuff like that really got it you know first world problems but it got freaking annoying because it's like it just wasted these precious you know four hours hiking into this spot where you know but that's how you find out too we know we can't get in there or we can but it's not worth it Uh um shit i'd have to ride the damn moose to, to have a shot at it i mean that'd be a story in itself but and i found that with both you know i'd go in and be like fuck look at this and I'd flip to the other app and be like, ah, it's showing the goddamn same pictures, but it's like, this isn't like it's four years old or anything. I mean, these things are 20 feet freaking high. Like <laughs> mm. these are some old maps and yeah. it, it is what it is. I mean, but fuck nowhere. Yeah. So I don't know what else to expect. Maybe in some of the more populated areas, um, yeah. maybe they're a little more up to date, but that's not helping me out in my moose hunt. So yeah. I have to yeah, kind of you remember know, Google it, earth. Yeah, Google Earth is definitely, I think, in terms of mapping, is definitely king. Um, you know, the iHunter is great. 
I just find the simplicity of Onyx yeah. for me, you know, I hate apps. I just find it so much easier to use for myself. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a couple of just little minor features I liked about it too. You know, it's just personal thing. Yeah. Not that you're going to like it any more than somebody else. It's just, I just find it, there's a few things on there. I think are pretty cool. And yeah, but yeah, once you start getting in there, then it's, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to give a shout out if, uh, so Mike and Kelly, the rookie hunter guys, um, they're back in studio. I don't know if they're going to have their episode out before this, this airs. So anybody listening, that's a rookie hunter podcast fan. Um, be sure to tune into that or pay attention to that. So that's pretty exciting. Love those guys. Um, okay, man. So season time. Oh, where do we start? <laughs> you you've yeah. had one hell of a season so far. Well, are, I, are... I to be to be honest, man. Like I, okay, like um, nothing against the elk I killed. Right, it's a six by six, beautiful. When I shot it, I was disappointed, and this is hard yeah. to explain. And I know we've talked about this before, but a lot of guys will have messaged me and they're like, "Hey, man, congratulations on the ball." And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's not, you know, it, it's not breaking any records. It's not, you know, just a small little six by six. And they're all like, well, man, I sure as fuck wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to, I'd be more than happy to get that. But to be honest, I was just like, uh, for a few reasons, I was, I was kind of disappointed. Number one, um, because once you pull the trigger, I mean, the season's over. And, you know, we got out with Wyatt, we got him, you know, we went out hunting one weekend for him. We got a mule deer. We went out the following weekend. Uh, we got him a uh, whitetail, you know, it was a slow start for me. I was hoping to get after some velvet muleys that didn't work out. And then, so after he had gone out, I decided, you know, we had, we, got, well, I took him out and we, we kind of got into some bull action. Uh, I took him on his first elk hunt. Um, and I tell you like, so him and I get up early in the morning, we hike into this spot and I was playing with these bulls and I posted on Instagram and stuff. And you and I were talking back and forth about it. But like when I got that bull bugling back, the look on his face was priceless. And you know, I obviously at when I first heard a bugle for the first time, actually in the moment, I'm sure my face was the same. Like, you know, um, I obviously you're not looking at your own face, but I mean, it was priceless. And like that whole day, we had multiple interactions with bulls. I had them going back and forth. It was a little too early, um, but still, you know, I was able to call in some bulls, some smaller bulls. Obviously, the satellite bulls they were ripping around, so I was able to get them in. Uh, we had we had one bull come in really close, um, you know. So man, he was just like he was just instantly he was hooked, and like it's funny because like. A kid's whose years, whose he's been hunting for, I mean, he's been hunting for a long time, but like he's been able to actually cut his own tags. This is the second year. And you know, for a kid to shoot a mule deer, shoot a white tail, you know, and this year he was, he was plunking um, grouse with his bow. And out of all the things, you know, what he said was the most favorite was that day that we had those encounter with the elk. He was like, that was by far my favorite, favorite day hunting. He's like, even though we didn't get anything, it was by far my favorite day. That's going to be a moment, I'll guarantee you, just after we had talked on the side too. And uh, 
that's going to be a date that you guys both remember, especially him. Yeah. At you 15, 20 years from now, be like, what got you into elk hunting? He's going to come up with that day. Yeah. Didn't matter about the shooting. It was just the holy shit. Yeah. His and eyes we, were like, oh, and Dad, anyone, did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, man, I heard that. Any one of us who have gotten addicted to elk hunting, I'll almost guarantee you it always comes down to that first interaction. Yeah. It has nothing to do with shooting it. It has to do with, oh my God, that was the most insane thing ever. Yeah. And you're instantly, you, you get into that, you're instantly hooked. Instantly instantly hooked so i'm going to tell the story of the of that so i i was able so i i white and i went out and i knew it was a little bit earlier for like the peak rut to start when those when when the herd bulls like the herd bulls at the time white and i are out they had already started to round up their cows but they weren't it wasn't to the point where they were going to start getting pressured and have to defend off the other bulls as much yet and i could so I I went out a few days later. I went out on a Tuesday. Went out, got some bulls, got an interaction with a couple. Uh, seen four bulls, I think, that day. And it still wasn't there, but it was close. And like you were and I were talking on the phone back and forth when this was all going down. And um, and I think it was like I think we were, we talked right before you took off. I think. Yeah. Was that yeah. for elk that I took off, or was that for the moose? Can't you remember. took off for elk yeah anyway anyway yeah. um so it was still a little early so i went out thursday went out early thursday i was gonna go out sneak in an early hunt and i went out thursday morning and it was just different like the woods were different like the bull i i got into a group and that herd bull was making some noise and you can tell that he was getting pestered by the other bulls messing around with him right um so I hunted all day Thursday night. I got into that herd bull. I had him at 40 yards when he got him into the closest big giant five by five, the biggest five by five I've ever seen in my life. Huge, massive fronts on him, big, like just swooping big, big rack. And I was like, Oh my God, I was ready to draw back. And I was like five. As soon as he turned, bro, I was like five. What the? Oh, man. The other side, five. I'm like, oh, you shitting me. So I let it play out, right? Um, But I could, he he walked off, and then he was bugling as he was going to rain. I could hear some other bulls messing around, and there was one bull that was making noise in particular that seemed to be challenging that guy a lot. Like, just like he was constant. So I went to his direction, and... um start i started calling him started making it sound like i was a little bit smaller bull but i would copy him whenever he call i call back but just a little little weaker than him yeah right got him pissed off he came he came in to me and i could see that he was a six point i didn't know he was a six by six but i could see he was six point but unfortunately it was just getting dark and then so fine so and then i didn't want the wind to swirl i didn't want to get busted so i just shut up right and i walked out of there Next morning, I got back on him, had right away, went in there, started cow calling. Started cow calling because I wanted the cows that were with the herd bull to start making noise so I could figure out where the herd was. So go in there. Within half an hour, I located the cows. They started calling back to me. 
I get a little closer, start cow calling again, get a little closer, start cow calling again. Um, and then I get a bugle between me and them, between the, the cows that were calling yeah. and where I was, which it was a good distance. I got a bugle and it sounded very similar to the one that I, I was messing with the night before. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get this guy going. So I start moving in that direction, cow calling, getting a little more aggressive with the cow calling. And then now he's going off. He's bugling off, right? He wants to cut me off before I get to the other bull. So I'm going in, going in, checking my wind. My wind's not perfect. I'm going in. He gets to the point of where I could, I could hear him so close, but I can't see him and he's hung up. He won't move. So I run back about 30 yards turn the other way and I let out a bugle and then I run right back to where I was. And then I yeah. face where I bugled and I let out a quick cow call. He comes running in like running in. I'm tucked in behind a branch. He's running through the timber. As soon as he steps out, I step out. He looks right at me and I just let the arrow go. He was maybe 10, 15 feet. That's awesome. Yeah. So I want to get back to why I was disappointed. Like, Yes, great bull, great interaction. It seemed like, you know, like I said, the fact that once you pull the trigger, or once you send the arrow, it's over, right? Your hunt's yeah. over. That's it. Number two, it seemed like it happened too quickly. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I it do. just seemed like it all happened too quickly where I didn't get enough time to, to like, like there was, like, go through like the suffering and like the you know like oh that was something new i learned something new there like you know what i mean like where it's yeah. like you get schooled a little bit but then you learn on it and number three was like the last five six years other than the one time i didn't i passed on that six by five i've shot pretty good quality bulls and when you do that you kind of just expect it's always going to happen i know it's not but it's kind of like in, you're kind of like no matter what like you're you're definitely grateful you you, you know you got to harvest this yeah. great animal got to kill this great animal but still at the same time i was kind of like man i wonder you know i got a lot of time i wonder if i didn't pull the trigger if i could have went for somewhere else and got a bigger one yeah well and i think that's the difference though between people who only harvest once in a blue moon versus people who are able to successfully harvest year after year, more often than not. It, it's it, it's a different mindset because your confidence is up there. You've learned enough from your successes and your failures that now you you flip the script. Where when you go out, it's not it's not a mental thing um, where it's like I hope I get an elk. You're going out, and it's. I'm going to get my elk. Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. Whether it does or doesn't, doesn't matter. It's a matter of your mindset going in there because confidence is key. Then you're not second. And it's not that everything's going to work out. Shit, there's so many things that can go sideways on you. But if you're going out there and you're not second guessing what way you're walking, how you're calling, what you're calling, what sequence you're using, you're just doing it because you're confident it's the right thing it's going to work out a lot more often than if you're always like, ah, should I do this mm -hmm. or should I do that? You've probably already missed your opportunities to just call mm -hmm. because everything with elk hunting and I'm speaking and I'm the first person to say I've called in a lot of freaking bulls. I'm always in elk, but I have yet to pull it like 
pull the trigger on one. I've done it for lots of other people getting them in. So the process is there. I still have a long ways to go with the learning. But the one key thing with elk that I have learned is there's a timeline. When they call versus when you call, you have to show your hand or they have to show their hand in a certain time frame. Otherwise, they start figuring something's out. So that's where the confidence comes in and what you're doing. Maybe the, the role that you're trying to set up or the sequence that you're trying to set up. It's like going to McDonald's order a Big Mac or whatever, and you're sitting in line, you know, you talk to the person and you're sitting for 10 minutes. You're like, what's up? It's supposed to take 30 seconds. A burger's supposed to be there. It's no different. They have their language out there. Real elk to real elk, that shit's happening within a certain mm -hmm. amount of time or they're out. And I think yeah. that's, you know, part of the key about, you know, paying attention to, to where you're calling to, you know, if you're in an opening and you're standing in the middle of the opening, don't call right there. Get yourself on the timber line so that if you think they're still ahead, you can move forward still or move back. But once you're in a certain spot and you're you're locked in there, yeah, you, you have no more plays because yeah. once those elk get to that part where they can see in, as soon as they can't see elk, they start to get suspicious. Mm -hmm. And everybody yeah. can relate to that. If you actually think back to some of your failures, you can be like, son of a bitch. If I would have maybe worked around there, maybe things would have turned out different or, you, you know. That's, I think that's a big key that a lot of people forget when they, you know, you get emotional out there and you get tired, fatigued, you make little mistakes, but I think that's a big one that a lot of people do. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's interesting, like when you said timeline, that's huge. And I know in the past, and I, I, I messed up so many times by like, just not doing, not that I wasn't doing the right call. I just wasn't doing it as quick as I should be or when I should be doing it. And like the, my cadence is, was off and the sequencing was off. But you know, one thing you said about like confidence and made me think that I think is one of the biggest things is like, cause like, I remember when I first started elk hunting and I, I got into it, like there might like my very, I, we, I've said it on the show, like my very first trip in the elk woods hunting with my cousin, I got an elk and I know it was like four years. I went through a lot of suffering to get it. And then, like I said, I, I just, slowly been getting better and better and better and you know over the last while I've I've been able to put up some you know produce some pretty good bulls but going through that process like I remember a lot of times like I just I had zero confidence in what I was doing I remember going in and being like oh I I, I don't know what to do I'm like man should I back out of here should I come back tomorrow and try this again and like like, I don't have good wind and like, what now I got him here. What call do I use? And like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just like, it's, it's definitely been an evolution to get to that point where I can finally get a six by six and be like, man, maybe I should have held up for something a little bigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because my hunting partner and I, in the last couple of days, we've kind of got some permission to hunt some, some elk area. Um, we're still hunting moose right now. So we're not, that's not a thing right now. There's a big herd and it's on this isolated piece of crown right now that's surrounded by private. And I said, I don't even care if we go hunt. These things are going off still. Like the people that we know, they're like, we can't get any fucking sleep. These things are just bugling and screaming. I was like, I'd like to go over just with a campfire, sit in the backyard and listen to them. Start understanding what they're doing. I said, even better if it's during the daylight and we can see them. Watch yeah. them, watch how they're acting and reacting, which I think is a even more important thing. Mm -hmm. You hear a certain call, 
listen for it. Listen if it's the same thing over and over. Listen for that emotion. And then watch the reaction of the other bulls. If they're just answering for the sake of answering, that's one thing. But if they're like reacting, moving in, moving out, you know, yeah. trying to cut, you're going to learn so much from that. That's going to be years of hunting oh, yeah. trips right there. Yeah. Just by literally sitting in the backyard, potentially and watching them elk or elk. Yeah. You're going to do the same thing here as they are there to a certain extent. Yeah. Like just the calling aspect. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him and I was like, we got to get over there one of these nights just to, you know, let's bring a, let's bring a six pack of beer over there. You know, I bet, I bet you, if you did that, like if you just said, you know what, I'm not going to, I'm not going to worry about cutting a, an elk tag this year, but I am going to study elk. Like you think of like um, Valerius Geist guy never hunted mule deer, but knew more about mule deer than anybody. Right. Just because he just spent time with them. He spent years and like he would get into the backcountry and just like live with mule deer. But he knew about them. Like he knew everything about them. And like if you could just say, you know what, I'm not going to hunt elk this year, but I'm going to spend a lot of my time with elk. Learning elk, learning their calling, learning what they're doing during the day. Obviously, you're not going to be able to watch them at night, but you can listen to them. Um yeah, man, I bet you you would learn a shit ton and you'd be probably pretty deadly after that. I think so. And even even paying attention to how they they react to the different times of the year, kind of like what you were saying, like even when it's it's not necessarily pressure from humans, but it's early season. If you get a chance to get into a herd and listen and it's early versus a couple of weeks later when they are getting pressured and listen to the vocalizations, how they change from beginning, middle to end. And then also add in once you start listening and figuring it out to a point, the changes and the reactions of potentially maybe a a harder, um, a heavily hunted uh, a group of elk Mm -hmm. and how they react. All of a sudden the hunters are coming in, beginning maybe just a couple, whatever. Then the middle, you know, everybody's out and about. And then near the end, you know, people are still all out and about and, and see if there's a difference in the way they react when they react, mm-hmm. you know, are they less vocal as people are around a little more, or, you know, they're yeah. not stupid animals. They figure shit out. So oh, yeah, 100%. And, and that is one thing I think, like, I truly believe in, like I've hunted elk in areas where I've gone in there September 1st and the bull, he's active, he's talking, he's answering your calls back soon as like, soon as some other hunters get in there and they start getting pressure and there's more calls more bad calls, he just will shut up. Like you don't even, you couldn't get him bugling or getting him to make a noise or anything if your life depended on it. And like he gets, you know, he gets any pressure. He just pushes back deeper into the deep into the thick shit. And that's when I think when stuff like that, I mean, we could talk to guys like Travis O'Shea and you know, all those guys that are amazing elk callers um jermaine hodge the whole nine yards and being like when guys are calling all around you you can't it's one thing you can't control is the other hunters and and the bad calls or calling at the wrong time are you going to start using different calls a little lower you know like what dylan uh cadman was talking about too you know like using a little more moans and groans and lower key stuff not the high pitch stuff just the stuff that they pay attention to but not many hunters use it yeah. Just those little tiny cadences that they're paying attention to. Well, I haven't heard anybody else. Only elk do that. Hunters don't do that. They like the three, you know, big bugle and the whole nine yards. And 
you know, I got, it made a big difference this year in, the, in uh, how close we were able to get to the elk this year in the limited time that we had. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't done that before as much. And I think there's a huge opportunity depending on the type of herd that you're being hunted, high pressure versus low pressure. Yeah. Low pressure is probably completely different, but I've never really hunted much of those. Yeah, My that's a good, just... that's a good point though, because like I've hunted elk, like I've hunted elk in the Kootenays, in the East Kootenays way back looking for goats, right? With an, yeah. I had an LEH draw gone way in the back. And like when you, we came across some elk and like those elk just seemed to be, you could throw a call out, call right back. Like didn't matter. You know what I mean? Just didn't. Yeah didn't care or like probably never heard the only calls they really ever heard was those calls by a bull yeah another bull so that's a good point so interesting there you know heavily hunted areas versus places where not as many people go back to and yeah you know yeah i mean yeah yeah but for all those out there who've had success this year um congratulations and to all those still searching i mean just keep putting time it's funny you know one thing this year I noticed is, man, I had a shit ton of DMs, people asking me how they can kill an elk. How can you get it really? done? And it's like, like, and you know, there was some successes in there. Guys sending me personal DMs of like, hey, this is my hunt. This is what I got. And like, awesome, super cool. Some guys had a lot of close encounters and like they spooked the bull or it didn't work out. A lot of guys that were wanting and hopeful of getting elk they just messaged me and like, man, this is too hard. I'm I'm just going to go for meal or I'm going to go hunt whitetails or something like that. And it's like, well, you know, I, I, resp- I responded to every single one of them, even, you know, all the DMS I got. And like, I tell these guys, I'm like, look, man, like hunting elk is hard. And like, how many years have you been putting into it? And like, how much are you working on your calling? How much are you working on? Like learning the topography of the area you're going into and like, you know, like there's so much information out there now. And like, we've had so much information on this podcast and like, yeah. you know, you can pick up, you can get things that are going to shorten your learning curve a bit, but it's not going to replace going out and doing it. Like you can That's listen right. to and watch 800 YouTube videos and listen to a thousand podcasts on hunting elk. If you've never been in the bush with an elk, I'm sorry to say, it's just not, most likely it's not going to work out. Like you got to put time yeah. in like, those odds are still, you know, every, what is it? 10% of the guys going out are going to be successful hunting elk. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just can't quit. You got to keep grinding. I mean, like eventually, you know, like I said myself, man, I, I went through a lot of time sucking and, and suffering and just like days and days and days and days and days of like, being frustrated and wanting to quit and but not quitting and just keep going but the thing is we didn't have a podcast then we didn't talk about it right it was a long time ago now it's a little different obviously but i mean it still takes a lot you got to you got to put time in. you got to know your area and you just the biggest thing is you just can't quit and i don't think that we can you just can't underestimate the mental fatigue that goes into this. Mm -hmm. You just don't get it unless you've been there. All those guys that said that they're ready to quit. That'd be, that'd be one of my questions being like, dude, how, how like, how fatigued are you mentally? Like how much did that kick the shit out of you? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you got to go in thinking it's going to be like that next year. And you got to be able to handle it and prep yourself for that much more. You know, the shit kicking you're going to take, you know, you might take the exact same thing, but 
Maybe you won't. Maybe next year you might not kill it. Maybe next year you're going to get in on those elk. You're going to get some opportunities. And then you're going to think back and be like, all right, yeah. It's, it's I'm getting somewhere. It's, I'm getting, getting somewhere. I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Shit, I've gone years and years and years. And yeah, I'd love to pull the trigger on something, you know, or in elk, yeah. in, particular, elk in particular. And it kills me every year as to how freaking close I am. Like yeah. we're talking to the point people where, I mean, three-year-old temper tantrums once I know I'm done. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like there's times you want to throw in the towel. You're so fucking mad. And you're just like, and it doesn't even mean that you did anything wrong. Shit just happens out there. Oh, yeah. Just, and these animals don't want to die. They want to live. Like they're going to do everything in their will not to be found by you. So you can't kill them. Yeah. Like I keep trying to have, tell them it's going to be yeah. a cold winter and they still don't want to come into my freezer. I tell you <laughs> fucking dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. They probably, yeah. That doesn't sound a lot warmer to me, but well, oh, man, the biggest thing is you, you just, you got to keep plugging away and like, you know what? It's funny. So we took a friend of mine out this year hunting. Um, we've taken him out quite a few years in a row. And, you know, he, he's just hasn't had any success at all. None. Like I'm talking, man, I don't even think he shot like a rote, a grouse or a rabbit in like all the years coming up. And I want to say he's been coming up. He's been coming up. He, he manages to get out like two or three weekends a year. Right. Yeah. Um, and never had any success. I think this was his fifth year that he came out with us. And this year. It just clicked. He got a deer, you know, awesome. got some gross. He, uh, he got some, he got some rabbits. We took him out turkey hunting. He got a turkey. Unfortunately, um, the bird flew off. Like it was, it wasn't a very great hit. The bird flew off. Uh, and we just couldn't find it before it got dark. And then the next day we found it, something else that it got onto, but still, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he, and he wanted to quit. I remember a couple of times, like, I remember last year, he's like, man, I just, man, I just, I just get so discouraged. I just like, this just hard. And uh, he's like, yeah. I don't know, like, maybe I'm just no good at this. I'm like, dude, it just come, you just got to keep plugging away and just, it's going to happen. It's only a matter of time till it's going to happen. And you know what? Two thumbs up for the perseverance. That's a long time to go without getting, yeah. you know, a shake at anything or, you know, just things go sideways a little bit for whatever yeah. reason and still sticking with it. Well, and the time is also something to think of too. And I kind of explained it to him. Like, you got to remember you're hunting two or three, two or three weekends and you're getting like two or three days in, like you're getting like a Friday, a Saturday hunt, and then like a bit of Sunday and that's it. Yeah. Like, so that's what, like two, four, six, say seven, maybe eight days a year, most likely seven. So yeah. you're getting seven days a year and you've done it for five days. That's 35 days. I'm like, dude, I put more time in the spring than that. You yeah. know what I mean? So like you can't compare, you can't compare somebody who hunts 70 days a year and sees, and you're looking at what they put in the freezer. It, you just can't compare because it's just, it's just not fair. So you got to just like, you got to just happy to be out there. And like, I, I said it before, man, like comparisons, the thief of joy. And, you know, that's one thing I, 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 I really don't like about like those grip and grins and stuff. And like, like, I'm not knocking grip and grins, like it's an important yeah. part, but it's just like, not, not for the fact that I don't, I don't really give a shit of like the other side, like Andy hunters or those, they take, they take offense to it. I, I find it just as like, like 
comparisons the thief of joy and especially the way things are on instagram now it's like man like everybody sees it and they're like fuck i gotta go out and get something and like i i tend to find and like i kind of believe is that the more pressure people put on themselves the more they make bad judgment calls in the field where yeah. like they see a five they see an elk they can't quite get a perfect count on it but they shoot anyway yeah. rather than they're so scared of that elk running away that they'd rather take the chance of it and shoot it yeah. than let a six, the legal bull walk away. Yeah. No. And that's been, that's actually been happening down here a lot. Yeah. I, I can't remember the official numbers, but it's not good for a second yeah. year. In this a row. year, this year I've from like what I've seen other guys I've talked to and from the reporting that's gone into the conservation officers is like, it's, it's, it, this is a trend that's happening it's getting worse and worse every year and it's like those things that i like these are things that to me it just seems like are adding to it do you know what i mean like people are putting yeah. added pressure on themselves and like just be re- like okay, if you're gonna go elk hunting it's gonna take you 10 years just accept the fact that it's gonna take you 10 years so if you're 26 yeah. when you start elk hunting you're gonna be 36 before you kill an elk yeah. just accept it enjoy it and have fun in the outdoors and like in bc we get to fill a lot of tags so just have a pocket full of tag yeah yeah because you never know what you're going to run into absolutely and yeah and the gripping grins i think people forget the time you don't know what kind of time most people have in there yeah and you know what even if they say it's their first day hunting how many years they've been hunting that area well and that's they know every square inch of it is that a high is that a high density area for for those particular animals whatever they've harvested and that's yeah. why they're there. And it's like, so to compare, to compare you yeah. with your bulls that you have where you hunt versus where I hunt. Yes, I have elk. Yes, you have elk. You definitely have better quality elk as for size. Um, but you know your area. You know it very well. You're confident when you go in there because you know what's in there and you know how things work. Mm-hmm. Um, out here, I'm still trying to find, like, I know my areas and I know how they work, but there's a lot of other features that come into play. Cause I'm not way in the back country at the beginning of the season. Well, and, and it's topography kind of... plays into that as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I... And like, and like, I know you put a lot of time in, but you don't put as much time into it. You don't, you just don't get to, I mean, like I just have a unique situation where I get to put a lot of time in. And like, that's the yeah. thing is like, yes. Okay. Like I, I was able to kill a bull in three days. Okay. But the thing is, it took me a long time before that. Like I've been going yeah. into that area. I've spent like, if you add it all up, I've probably spent over a year in that one area looking like just understanding the topography, lay of the land, what animals are in there, when they're in there, like the wintering ground, summer ground, where they're ground. crossing, where they're going. Yes. Like, and that's water, where, where water is get. wallows. I know where every single wallow is in that area. Yeah. And that's what but, people don't see. And they don't get is that something they don't get it. They don't see it whether they want to or not, but you have to, like, you can't expect success just well, because and, everybody else around you is getting it. They've, yeah. They're doing something that you're not. Yeah. And maybe, and, and you know time. what, sometimes it's, it's horseshoe luck too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. I, I, I know a 6.0 this year was taken standing in the middle of the fucking road, yeah. FSR main road, right. Yeah. Right. At kilometer mark. Bang. Well, we've all heard stories of guys driving by and you know, they, they, they shot a, a great, six point bull elk but you know the thing is they're not going to do it every year right because you're not putting your time and you're not learning and you're not you're you're not 
going through all the steps so you can do it consistently year after year after year after year. Whereas you get to a point, you're just like, you know what? I'm going to kill. If there's a bull in here, I know I'm going to kill it. I know I will. Yeah. Just give me enough time and I'll kill it. No problem. Yeah. And that's how my mentality is starting to get to. And even my wife's noticed that and started, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, even though I haven't, she's noticed a difference in how I'm going into the mm-hmm. seasons. It's just like, well, I thought you'd be home by now, you know, with an animal, mm-hmm. the way you were going into the season. It wasn't cockiness. So I haven't got yeah. one. So I have no reason to be cocky, but it's like, yeah. no, I've learned enough from other people. I've learned enough from my mistakes. And it's like we said, I'm in freaking elk all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just a matter of time, yeah. but that's, that's, that's the mental toughness that you have to go through. Mm-hmm. You know, every day I was telling you, you know, 20 yards, 30 yards, if it was rifle season dead, you know, if it was a legal yeah. bull dead yeah. and I did it almost, you know, every day, every other day I was having opportunities in our nine days of, mm-hmm. well, I only had about four or five days in the archery season for elk, but I think every day I was texting you being like, fuck. Yeah. Close. I had two within, you know, 30, 40 yards. One was at 20 yards right behind me, but is in the freaking scrub brush. Like see it plain as day, but I can't send an arrow through there. Yeah. You know, and it's just, and I think that's the part that people have to have patience with too, is if you've gone on a big, long string without getting animals, whatever kind, it doesn't matter. Still realizing about your, and and holding true to your ethical shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. Um, because every year I have opportunities where it's like, oh yeah, maybe I could have squeaked it through those two branches and be like, no, if I'm not already rolling those cams back, then I'm not confident in it. And I do not mind flinging arrows through tiny little space. I love it. I love those 3d shots and all that kind of stuff, but this is a living animal. And I think it's my respect to that animal. No different than when I have a rifle or anything else. When I pull that trigger, when I pull that bow back, I'm 110%. That animal is going to die and fast. It's not going to be a maybe shot. I am confident. Shit happens, but I've done my best up to that point to be like, it's dying quick, mm-hmm. you know? And I've, I find a lot of people are just like, well, I would have sent it through that. I mean, like, yeah. well, then we're not going to hunt together because yeah, that shit ain't happening under my watch. No, for sure. And like that speaks to your mental tough, toughness and like you you know, you know, like, it's just a matter of time. Like, it's just a matter of time till that bull makes a mistake and you're there. All right. And until he walks into the opening, breathes in his last breath and you let the arrow go. And then that's it. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, and, and that's it. It's just a matter of time before it's all going to come together. And yeah, I mean, you hunt in some pretty tough, thick ass stuff. Like I, you know, anywhere you go in BC is pretty gnarly, but like, I, I, I know just from stuff you sent me and like your trail cam pictures and I know pictures and I know that area, it is thick and nasty. Like down here, we have a little more like opening more pine areas and stuff like that. So you do get, you know, it's just different on it, man. It's just, it's tough for you, dude. It's tough. It's not easy, but to keep that mental like just to keep the right mental frame of mind to be like, you know what? I'm, I, I've been burned by an elk right there. It's right there. I have the shot. There's three branches in the way. And then, nope, it's not going to happen today. And I just watched that bull walk away. I mean, that's hard to do. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And it's funny because I was talking to a guy uh, this last week when I was out hunting 
I met him last year too. He's from the coast, comes out. His dad used to be out in that area all the time hunting. Back when it used to be the Serengeti, there's animals everywhere. And we got chit-chatting. He's just kind of road hunting. He does walk a couple areas here and there. He's trying to learn the area over the last couple of years. And he's elk hunting for the most part. And he looks when we were chatting and he's like, yeah, man, some of the areas where I think there might be elk, it's as thick as that stuff right there. And he points to the corner and yeah. And I started laughing, <laughs> but that's where they are. And he's like, oh yeah. And, he's like, and then we got talking because he knows I'm moose hunting and everything. I'm like, yeah, that that's actually where I'm heading to right <laughs> What we're done talking <laughs> that that's where the moose are too. <laughs> yeah. You can, it's like learn your areas, keep walking what you're walking. But if you want your elk, don't expect to do it on the road. You're going to, and yeah. you know, drive up, use your quad for, for your benefit, get up to some of those harder to reach areas that you can't get to with a pickup truck and start from that landing or that end of the road or whatever, and start hiking. I said, you will find the openings, but it looks thicker than shit from the road. And in a lot of places, it will start to open up a bit, not necessarily a lot, but have the, no. you gotta, you gotta have the mentality too. No, you can't see a hundred yards, but guess what? They can't see you at a hundred yards either. If you can't see them, they can't see you. Yeah. Yeah. So start using your calling, start using your tracking, start observing mm-hmm. rubs and wallows and trails and, you know, everything, put it all together. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I remember when I was walking through the bush, we were looking for elk with Wyatt. And I was like, one thing to remember, Wyatt, is that we're expecting to see elk. The elk aren't expecting to see us. We have a little bit of advantage here, right? We know we're hunting them. They're doing their natural thing. They're not like, they're, yes, they're used to predators. Yes, they're used to wolves. It's a little bit different with humans and weapons and stuff. Like, we know, we know what they're going to do. Like, like, we know what they're going to do when they're going to do it, you know, before they even do it, we know what they're going to do. Right. Just because we've learned from ourselves from studying elk, you know, through all the great guests we have on the show, we learn a ton. So we have the advantage and that's one important thing to remember. Like we have the upper hand here. So take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, That goes for, that goes for all species. Yeah. 100%. Let's talk a little bit about your moose hunt to date. Archery over? Archery, I have one more day of archery. I have Saturday is the last day of archery. Um, I'm just going to say before I tell you how long I was out for, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> We've talked about it before. I love that. I, I love that. Yeah, we, we were, it was funny. We were talking. <laughs> I, um, my yeah. favorite line. That's my favorite line of the season. I think. Okay. So, and it's funny because I was like, you know, we talk about this all the like, Hey, like, <laughs> as I do, do as I say, not as I do. And I just, I just yeah. love it. <laughs> so archery, archery moves down here for our LEH is through the rut for a good reason, because they can be dumber than stumps at certain times. Um, so if it was rifle season during the rut, we'd annihilate them. Um, so what I did is I booked my two weeks in a row which could possibly have been a bit of a mistake, but I'm not going to admit that on here. (laughs) um, Trying to get the best bang for buck after learning from Evie's moose last year, when I could, should kind of be in the area. Now, season wise, I know weather doesn't necessarily dictate the rut or anything like that, but it was freaking 30 some degrees last year, all through September. And even into October 1st, it was still 28 degrees when Evie shot hers. This year, it was like an old school fall. 
yeah. beautiful days, 20 degrees, uh, you know, one, two, three degrees uh, Celsius at night, kind of perfect. Like I, I can't complain about the weather. Um, so I'm not sure if last year, because of the heat, I just didn't see as much activity when we were there earlier, like September 15th, let's say. Um, but when I went to check cameras, one of the first cameras I checked, there was a bull chasing a cow on it already. That day, we missed it by 25 minutes. <laughs> first day in camp, first night, we just set up and I was like, let's go grab some cards so we can figure out where we're going to start tomorrow. And I was like, holy shit, they're already chasing. I didn't get any of that last year. Like, it, yes, we got Evie's was chasing one, but that was October 1st. And this is like October, sorry, September 22nd, 23rd, I think was our first night out there. Um, so I'd kind of planned from then and straight two weeks out there. And obviously I'd come back in to restock for food and all that kind of stuff out there. Uh, pulled that camera card. I didn't find out about that bull chasing until we got back to camp. But I went to go pull the last card. It's just about to get out of the truck. And I looked down the road. We're probably 200 250 and I just look and I got my the guy who taught me Stan Lanthier who taught me how to hunt 72 years old props to him for being out there and uh I was like motherfucker he's like what and I already had my bow and I was out the door I had 15 minutes of light left and we are 30 minutes in to our hunt <laughs> and I'm like I was like there's a bull down there and I'm gone He's like, I'll just wait here. <laughs> and I booked it down this grassy road as fast as I could, as, you know, stealthy as I could as too. And it just disappeared. I was like, whatever. How do you, you can't start off any better now. You saw a bull half yeah. an hour into it. Get back, check the cameras. Holy shit. They're in, they're, they're full on into the rut. I mean, this bull is chasing this cow on this one camera. Great. So now I'm starting to wonder basically if I should have gone out if the normal time of the rut is maybe like the 15th starts around then when they start chasing cows. And then, you know, by October, beginning of October, that's when it really starts to taper down. Cause once rifle season starts on October 15th, they're out of the rut. Like they're done. Mm -hmm. Maybe the rare cow, maybe late they got missed or something like that, but they're done. So anyway, I, there's three of us out there um, kind of working it and everything. Um, we got action every day day two i think it was day two um heard some grunting and stuff but he's pretty sure he saw a six point elk with his kid just across like we're working opposite sides of the roads but he couldn't get a count on the front he saw the the four five six yeah. pretty sure he saw the four five six but he's like he couldn't see the bottom One, three yeah it's yeah. yeah his head buried in the bush and he's like i can't shoot it especially since we're trying to teach his kid yeah absolutely his, his that, kids... that would be that's not something you want to put your kid through yeah. man like and he's 14 i love it it's great having him out there and it's like no so i was so and that's why he's my hunting partner because mm -hmm. i trust that he's going to make those if he doesn't feel right he'll second guess himself after him like dude this is why we hunt together is because I know you trust your instincts and your instincts are going to be right. You did the right thing, not guessing. Day three, we go for a drive up. Uh, the, does a morning hunt or whatever. And his boy goes back to town with my wife who was out there with, with us that weekend. Get to the top of this road. There's a cow. I got videos of it. I haven't posted it yet. I got videos of this cow and we just sit there and watch. And it's nothing around. 
and it doesn't fuck off. It just sits there on the road and goes and starts eating. And I was like, well, whatever, we'll just keep an eye on it. No point in pushing it because nothing bad's happening. And then she freaking gets out and she pins her ears at us. We're a hundred yards away. And I was like, so that's odd. You know, there's no reason we're a hundred yards away. No reason for her to be pissed off at us. And Greg was like, I'm going to range it just in case. So he, that was our deal. He has his rifle for elk. If we see an elk, I start counting. Mm-hmm. If we see a moose, he starts ranging for the bow. <laughs> <laughs> so he ranges it and I grab my bow that's beside us. And I have it up front and I'm already dialing to 60 yards just on my triple stack there. So I know that's all I got to get up to. And all of a sudden she turns sure as shit. Out comes this beautiful bull, not panicked at all. Looks at me. I hop out of the truck and I'm doing the old bow over my head, swaying and grunting all the way up there. It was like, Hey, what's up? (laughs) Check out my lady friend here. (laughs) Didn't care. I start walking up, I start gaining ground. I probably gained 15 yards on it. And the cow just gingerly walks up this into this steep, not too steep, but thick ass bush. And I've got him stopped. So I'm going, going. And then all of a sudden that stupid bull <laughs> turns up the road, not panicked and just starts walking. Well, fuck. I just lost my 15 yards just like that. Mm-hmm. And it all of a sudden starts heading up into the bush there. So whatever. So I keep walking up past down, calling it, calling it. And I realize it's not coming back to fight or anything with the bull calls. So I switch over as soon as I get, I got to get on the other side of it because the wind is not in my favor, but they didn't win me for whatever reason. So I start bawling at it and I stopped that bull in his tracks. And I was like, Oh yeah. And I've, I've picked out a shooting lane, 60 yards. He has to come 20 feet down on an angle. There's no other shop. It's the only thing. And we are back and forth. He's grunting at me and, oh, I'm, I'm being as slutty as I can. And <laughs> he just wouldn't come down. He turned, he faced oh. me and he looked like he was going to step down. And I was like, oh, you're done. I was clipped in. I was ready to go. And then eventually it just clued into him. Fuck. That sweet little lady friend I met earlier is a little farther up the hill. So he turns around and he walks up after her. So, of course, I'm like, oh, I'm going to chase that thing. So I started heading yeah. up the bush. Yeah, I got in about 20 feet and I came back out. And I was like, this ain't happening. <laughs> the shit I was trying to get over, that thing would have been halfway up the mountain before I made it another 20 feet. Yeah, it's a little just, easier it, with his legs than yours. Yeah, there's just too much blowdown and the thick stuff. Like, there's just, there's no opportunity in that spot to push him. Um, yeah, anyway, long story short, the rest of that week, I think we had a couple more opportunities seeing bulls on the road as we're driving out to spots and we were getting out and trying to stalk into them uh wind blew us a couple times on an immature and it freaking it bulldozed it so i shit you not i think the trees just came out of the ground out of fear and uh so we had two opportunities like that and then the old guy stan he ran into a, a monster he was just quadding down the road to go to a new spot i haven't seen an old guy like that so excited we, we caught up to him he whistled to us because he was trying to call this thing back and evie and i were driving back to camp and he came out and all his words even in front of evie he's like it's fucking huge and we were like <laughs> what was it's fucking huge he's like down <laughs> to 12 shock. points on one side and i'm like what Whoa. and he's like this guy's shot a lot of moose out in ontario he knows yeah. his moose and he's like 
It's fucking huge. <laughs> the next morning it. we sat him, you know, set him up in the area yeah. and all this kind of stuff, but never did see it again. Yeah. Anyway, both the rest of the week, we've we've had opportunities with every animal. It's been fantastic. Uh, nothing's quite come together, but it's, you know, it is what it is. We put in our hours, nasty weather, rain sleeting on us up at the top. Um, and then I went into town to get restocked up. A truck broke down while I was in town. Luckily, CB joint went on it. So called up some buddies and they got it. It was starting when you're, when you're texting me and telling me what was going on. I was like, man, this is starting to sound like the oh. beginning of our moose hunt last year. Yes. <laughs> so I got lucky enough that I got some good buddies. They knew what was going on. They got me into the shop right away and got it fixed up. Um, went back out had I think one more day with the boys and then Greg, his week was up for holiday. So he headed home. I think a day early, he was pretty tired. Stan lasted a couple more days and uh, he's just, he's kind of swearing at me. He said, I was trying to kill him (laughs) for us bringing him into. (laughs) So he's mostly road hunting and going into like short, short calling areas that I'd already picked out for him. Be like, you can get into these. Don't worry about it. They are here. And, uh, I spent my last week alone out there. Fuck me, did the grizzlies and the wolves ever come out of the woodwork and down low? They came from up top and down low. I had to change my plans quite a few times where it's like, okay, I'm going to work this area today. Tomorrow I'm going to work. Today I'm going to work the top. Tomorrow I'm going to work the bottom. I've heard they're in here. I know they're in here. I'd go to hike the bottom and there'd be a freaking basketball size shit there. Look like a fucking half an elk in there or something like that. And I'd be like, you know, less than half a K from where I'm going to hike and start calling me like, well, I'm not going in there. Like I, I'm not afraid of bears, but I definitely respect them. <laughs> and I'm not going to start ringing the dinner bell when I know like this thing's like an hour old, like it's freaking just done steaming. And this happened a couple of times. It's not a big deal. I just went to plan B plan C mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. There's times I was calling one call and under five minutes, I was having howling. We were surrounded by coyotes at once. I was ready for them guys. I got That's my rifle frustrating. Oh man. The and wolves got... are the absolute most frustrating thing. When you're trying to call and you hear the howling, you're like, for fuck's yeah. sakes. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. Like the animals hear those and they just like, they just shut up. Like as soon as I heard them, I didn't call again. I, yeah. I did my sit. I sat in that spot for a while because it's a corridor. I know they're coming through here. Yeah. Because if I'm not there, that's when they go through. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped calling out. Yeah, exact same thing. I'm like, well, nothing's calling in this. They're not stupid either. Um. Anyway, so I go through a few days of nothing. There's a few things on cameras, you know, because of course, if I'm over here calling, they're over there. And I really started um, on, I think it was the third day before I was done driving along right by where Evie got hers 50 yards away was manifesting this and I was like wouldn't it be funny if I got a bigger bull right where Evie got hers and I looked to my side and I'm like just like that one right there on the side <laughs> of the fucking road 30 yards in and I was like yeah he'll do <laughs> it wasn't bigger but didn't matter at that time yeah. so I drive my truck just to get it off the road on the grassy road park it and come back He's still standing there and I'm bawling at him, bawling at him. And I can't get a reaction out of like nothing. And I'm like, oh, this is a little odd because he's not scared. He's just staring out. 
Yeah. You will not grunt at me with all the bawling. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Like, this is weird. Never had that before. Usually when I'm in that close, I can get them talking uh-huh. and roll from there. It didn't do anything. It's like, well, whatever. And all of a sudden I see an ass end disappear. And this is thick looking through here. And I need this. He's 30 yards tops, tops in this one spot. And I need him 20 feet over <laughs> for a shooting path. It opens yeah. up, but no, he's in the wrong spot. I see this ass end walk away and it's like, son of a bitch, he left. And I take two steps over and I'm like, son of a bitch, he's there. So there's two of them in there. Oh. I just couldn't see the other one because it's that thick. And yeah. I still think that it's a bull leading on to later on in my story. I'll explain why. Anyway, so I see him leave and this other one's there. Finally, I see the second one leave. Not panic, just like, eh, kind of bored of this chump. Yeah. He heads in and I'm like, that son of a bitch is heading toward my trail camera because I know this area. This goes back to knowing your areas. I freaking high step it down the road over and cut it on my trail. I go into, it's like, I need to make it to this certain point before he does, because it's too closed in for me to get a shot. Unless it's like a five yard shot. Mm-hmm. After that, I got like 20, 30 yard shots in this small little circle. I get to where I can just start seeing things and I'm grunting as I'm going in very lightly. And son of a bitch just walks right out broadside, right where I needed to be standing. I was like, he beat me by 20 steps, looks oh. at me, and he starts not running, but he starts running, trucking to a point. Mm-hmm. He's not scared, but he's like, fuck this. This guy's pissing me off. I'm like, ah, whatever. So I'm like, well, I head down to this other area that I know. I'm like, he's heading down to this one. So I go sit in there. I light one of those little scent sticks and I do no calling. I've already, I've already spooked this guy. He's like, he's going to come through this area. If he keeps coming, he never did sit there hour, hour and a half. Don't hear any snapping. So there's no reason for me to push. So if I go into that area, it's a blowdown area. It's not nice. I had to wait for him to come through it. He's like, well, this is done for now, but I haven't spooked him, spooked him. So I'm going to go get those trail cam cameras or pictures, see what's been moving through here in the last couple of days. I get 20 feet, walk the exact same path back to where I saw him. I get 20 feet from my camera and I look over to where Evie and I had been sitting for days upon days the year before that son of a bitch is standing there looking at me. And I'm like, for real, we're going to have this game again. Like I'm all for it. Like you have no idea how for it I am. The first session was 45 minutes. This second session, we walk very slowly toe to toe parallel, maybe 70 yards. And I'm cutting in on different angles, just trying to react like him because I've already pushed him once and I figured he's probably pretty sensitive. And there was probably three times I needed to make about five yards to where I'd be like, there's a small shooting lane here and I'm pretty sure I can get an arrow through there. And just as I was about to get there, he would take a couple steps. So I have to backtrack and then use the main trail again. And once again, by the time we got to the end of our little walk at 70 yards, I was like, man, if I can just push him just a little bit more, it totally opens up. Like I'm at 40 yard shots now. Yeah. It's just the lay of the land. And I'm in thick older shit. This is the stuff we were talking about with the gators that super thick, super hard. It's tough with a rifle, lots of opportunities. Like it's not too bad with that, but with an arrow, no chance. And yeah, he, he ends up spinning on me instead of continuing to walk the one direction, just heads back to where he was when I first saw him. So I walk all the way back with them to there, back to past my camera. And I was like, fuck, he's gone. So I was like, well, I'm going to go check out where he was standing to see if he was in this little sluey area or not, or if he's just on the edge. I walked back, the 
fucking son of a bitch is 20 yards away looking at me again. But it's like this. There's yeah. <laughs> is looking through. And I'm like, you're really starting to piss me off. <laughs> Fuck, you just need to get up. Like, it's one of those things you're like, oh. man, if I could just get up a little higher here. Oh, like, dude, there was times where seriously, if the bushes lighter. were six inches lower, yeah. I could have seriously like stood up on a little sod pile or something or stood up on my toes and shot my bow. But it was just like his vitals were just always, always covered because they were, it's, I was just yeah. like, fuck, either I've shrunk or everything's grown a couple inches in here since last year. Yeah. So that was the most frustrating, day. exciting, except learn lots. Yeah. It exciting. sounds like it was a wicked day. But at the same time, I was like, holy shit, is the rut over? Because once again, I've never had it where I've been in that close of a contact so far and not yeah. being able to get them grunt back with some balling. Yeah. Especially when they're still so chill. Like, it's not like he was freaked out. Anyway, he walked out of my life. I haven't seen him since. The next night, I call in a cow. I went to check another trail camera. I was going to go set up for calling. And I look down and I can see these round ears. And motherfucker, those stupid whitetail. These whitetail have been busting me in this one area. I was like, no, those are too big for a whitetail. No, no mealies. Son of a bitch. That is not what I want them. That was like moose right off the get go. I was like, cow moose, I'm done. Like, but she just stood there and I was like, sun shining right in my eyes, put my bow up on my bino harness. So it just looks like I'm a small bull. Yeah. And I back out and I go to where I'm going to sit and I just sit quiet for like 15 minutes. I don't make a sound. And then all of a sudden I let out the tiniest little just cow sound, just little tiny bawling. And it was just like, bang, step, 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 step. And all of a sudden I can see this moose behind the, the tree. And she folded her ears forward. Like I couldn't fully see her. I could see her legs. Yeah. Her ears came forward and the whites, the way the whites of her ears showed, I was like, son of a bitch. There was a cow or a, sorry, a bull with her. I swear to God, it was a, a small bull. Mm-hmm. And I can see it start to move. Dude, first time in a while I was clipped in and I started rolling back. And I was yeah. like, this is happening. And it popped inside <laughs> out. And I was like, you fucking bitch. Ah. And I was like, so I let back down and this happened so fast. I forgot to hit my little tactic cam camera. So at this point I knew she was a cow, but then at that point I'm like, fuck, I hope she doesn't have a calf because them things are mean. So I'm looking over at my rifle and I reach over and I grab it and I bring it in. Nothing I'm going to shoot it, but I was shooting to the trees or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Cause they're mean. Anybody doesn't know. Uh, I'll take on a grizzly bear before I take on a cow moose with a calf. Cause they're freaking relentless. Yeah. And, uh, Anyway, so I watched her. I think I got some video of her. I haven't checked my my camera yet. Um, but yeah, 30 yards. And she walked off kind of grunting. I've never heard it before, but almost grunting like a bull, but very feminine. Oh, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It was very light, very, it's almost like a searching call. I've never heard it before, but I'm not a moose hunter either. I really wanted to talk to somebody who's moose hunted yeah, a lot before. Be interesting. But it was just like, meh, meh, meh. And I could hear her. So it was almost, to me, it seemed like she wanted to search, but, you know, just trying to find somebody. But yeah. And that's same Exciting, night. Though. Yeah. So I had some other though, guy. You still got, you got some time. Oh, still. Yeah. So next week, oh, and then Sunday will be rifle. So I'll be all ready for that. I'm still, don't get me wrong, everybody. I want to get this done with my bow. I, I'm, I'm so, I've done so much time, effort, practice. I'm all for my bow. By the same time, come Sunday, the fucking boomstick's coming out if I don't have it done Saturday. 
And if one of them sons of bitches looks at me, it's going down because my freezers. Are you going to be like backpack with both? Just um, in case the opportunity comes up where you're like, man, I I can get that fucker with a bow. He's right there. No. 30 yards. You're no. just going to be like, Once no, bowl, I'm bringing my rifle. It's going down. Well, Evie's coming out with me that weekend too. So can you imagine if I fucked up and I could have shot it with my rifle? I didn't. Dude, I'd be coming to ask if you guys spare bedroom for a while. <laughs> Should be like, I want my damn meat sticks and you owe me some meat sticks. <laughs> no, I'm at that oh. point where I, I'm I'm still 100% trying with my bow, but come Sunday, everybody else is going to be out there too. I know there's a big group coming out there um, and one of their group members used to guide out there and they've got the moose draw as well. So I'm not going to squander an opportunity. If I get an opportunity, it's going down and I'll just chalk it up to a learning experience. And, uh, We'll go from there. But I, I got a few weekends before, like I've got till November 15th, but I don't have a snowmobile or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's way the it's hell tough. back there. And there's a lot of those roads that are super sketchy. So yeah. if I did end up worst case scenario, I ended up back there um, late season, uh, probably all main road. And I would probably just be hiking in a bit with the yeah. rifle and checking out the cut blocks and stuff that are down low. I'm not going to put myself in a position where, I'm going to be in some serious trouble or, you know, truck if goes you get off it the down, edge. Just be like it. me and don't give a, don't even like, I put myself into bad situations, like not bad, but just like, cause like the last thing on my mind is like, how the fuck am I going to get out here? Like, I don't even yeah. really, that doesn't even enter my mind. And like, when you get a moose down, I remember last year it was like, well, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot. Reality like, sets in real quick. Elk is one thing. Moose is another. Yeah, man, Especially a, a mature moose. Well, it's, and they're always, it's like, it's the snow you got to deal with. Yeah. That's the killer. So I do have people on call and got my inReach with me and they will be, as long as they're not out of town, they will be there. And if I'm late season, I know there's snow on the ground. I'll be bringing my sled. Like, not like. Yeah, your pole sled. sled, but a pole sled to help me out so that I'm not backpacking. Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be a couple guys around with a snowmobile if something did happen. Yeah, I'd, I'd get it out one way or the other. It's yeah. that's the last thing on my. It's more of the truck, not putting the truck over the edge of the freaking mountainside or anything. It's not. Well, it sucks I'll getting hike. stuck. It just sucks dealing with all that crap. Like it's just. Yeah. It's, now it's you just wasted work. all that hunting time trying to get yourself out because you did a stupid thing. Yeah, and I mean, we're a little too old. You are anyway. <laughs> I'm getting there, but not quite there yet. We're a little too old. We're both a little too old to be out getting stuck, man. Fuck. I would I hey, I'd rather be doing anything else than be stuck. Like, man, yeah. I, I just would. I remember the last time I was stuck, I was like, fucking really? This is this is what I'm doing right now. Like, yeah. I thought it was over this. But oh man. Yeah. Okay, dude. So well, I, it's been awesome to catch up anyway. You um, gotcha. You're heading uh, out here pretty where, where are you heading out here? I'm going to be going for bison and then I'm going cross border to Alberta yeah, to try to get another elk. Beautiful. Which I've never done, been able to get two elk in a year. Obviously in BC, you can only have one. Uh, and then I'm going to region three for mule deer. And then I'm hunting with our man, Ashley Stuckless, uh, in December for whitetails. Sweet. That'll be a good trip. Yeah, it should be fun. We're going to be filming for his new 
He's going on. He's he's going to be part of Wild TV, as he was saying when he came on our show. Uh, him and I yeah. did that episode. I, I can't remember what you were doing. I think you were at the Nationals or something when that was going on. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, I saw you had a post out or something about that. They got on with them. and Yeah, so he he's good. going to be part of the Wild TV crew next year. So we're going to do some filming for for either an episode or two episodes of that we'll see uh him and i you know we're both gonna have white tail tags and uh you know if we can if we can make it happen where he gets one and i get one then he can uh turn into a two-part show so uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so there's still lots of season left and oh yeah i'm pretty excited Uh, i got lots coming up here so i'm gonna be pretty busy but yeah man uh hopefully the next time we get on air here you got uh you got a moose down i'm gonna have a moose down Hey man, I'm I got. Hey that. man, I am one hundred percent confident you're going to do it. I know you will. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, buddy. Yeah. Chat right, later. Have a good one. Okay. Bye. Bye. You want to succeed? You want to fish? You want to be one of the greatest? Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from seven to nine p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.